Welcome to episode number 36, where today we are reading chapter 23. This chapter is called Canada Round 2, the second time I went to Canada on my trip. Enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Crashing Into Potential podcast where I give you the latest tips and tricks to help you stay on top of your mental game. My name is Scott B. Harris, and I'm the author of the book, Crashing in Potential, Living with My Injured Brain. It's a memoir that was written and published after a dirt bike accident that nearly took my life. In season two of this podcast, I will be reading part two of my book. Part two outlines how I chose to overcome the adversity that I faced. Strap yourself in because the show is about to start. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, good mid morning, good mid afternoon, good midnight. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, I hope you are doing as fantastic as I am. Uh, I Today, weather, 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 let's talk about the weather. Weather today here in Melbourne is once again good. Uh, it's um, weather in Melbourne, as you know, uh, as you'd know if you're in Melbourne and if you're not in Melbourne and you've been listening to this podcast, you might know by now that the weather is sometimes good and sometimes bad. We don't know here in Melbourne. Uh, today, though, it is actually pretty good, pretty good. Yesterday, uh, yesterday I went up to uh, went up to Ballarat. Ballarat is about an hour and a half from Melbourne, uh, northwest of Melbourne. I went up to Ballarat, uh, and I have been there before, but I forgot that it's about 100 degrees below what it is in Melbourne. So I dressed for Melbourne weather, and Melbourne weather was about, think about it, it was meant to be 20 degrees. So I dressed appropriately for 20 degree weather. Uh, I got up there and it wasn't like Melbourne. Um, uh, it was pretty bloody cold and I freeze my little titties off. It was really cold. And I went up, I went up there with, with, uh, with mum. She was my, uh, she offered to be my chauffeur for the day, which I'm really grateful for because when you, when you, when you, when you're presenting for five hours and by the end of the day, you're absolutely cooked. And so mum offered to drive me up there, which was really, really nice of her. And I got out of the cold and I said, mum, oh, Jesus, bloody cold here, isn't it? And she says, Scott, you should have worn a sweater. (laughs) She didn't think she said that. She said something like, you should have bought a jacket. Should have bought a jacket with you. (laughs) Uh, And so I think all mums, all mums, uh, 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 treat their children like they are young kids still, and the young young kids don't know how to expect the weather. Um, they don't know how to dress appropriately. Maybe I don't know, but um, 
But she uh, she said to me, Scott, you should have bought, bought a jacket. <laughs> really? Thanks, Mum. I'll remember that for the next time. Oh, well. No, I, 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 I should have bought a jacket, but I went straight inside and it was a little bit warmer inside. And then I got into the theatre that I was presenting in and that was cold as well. But we put the uh, put the heater on. And I was off to a brilliant start. And as the day went on, it started to heat up. And by the end of the day, it was perfect. Actually, got a little bit, uh, a little bit toasty by the end of the day. Ah, well, that's that's the weather for you. That's weather here in Melbourne. You never know what you're gonna get. Um. Yeah, so that's how my week has been going so far, which has been pretty good. And today, weather spot on. So, you know, I'm I'm feeling feeling good right now. Today, I'm reading out chapter th- chapter twenty three. It's about my second time in Canada. Um, I hope you hope you enjoy it. Before I start, I just want to show my gratitude for you taking the time out of your day to listen to what. I have to say, you see, time is the most precious resource that we can never get back. So I really appreciate you spending most valuable asset listening to what I have to say. So thank you very much and thanks for your patience and thanks for your time. Your patience uh, because we have been now, I've been now talking for Six minutes, and and I'm still not uh, still not still not into the podcast yet. Uh, so we, we're getting there. Don't worry, we're getting there. I'm just wasting your time now, aren't I? Um, I've got to tell you three things I'm grateful for, and I promise we're going to get going after this. The first thing I'm grateful for is today, the weather. The weather, the weather. As you know, Melbourne isn't always this good. Um, to, to, but today, I'm really grateful that the weather has been quite nice to us, and the the vitamin D is uh, it, it's it's shining down on us. That's the first thing. The second thing that I'm grateful for is yesterday I presented well. Uh, it was a very good presentation. Got a great great response. And the third thing that I am grateful for is my friend Joe came over on the weekend and he is uh, he's a, he's a builder and he helped me build a bulkhead in my kitchen. Now that to anyone doesn't really sound exciting and sound like anything to be grateful for, but this is, uh, this was the, the job that, that he did and the job, I guess that uh, you know that we we did um, is turned out really really nice, and it has taken a massive weight off our shoulders. That was something that we wanted to get done very 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 soon because something is coming along soon that we're not going to have time to do those sort of things. And I've been meaning to get that done for years, so that I'm really really grateful for. Okay, let's get into it. We are up to chapter number 23, and this chapter is called Canada, Round 2. And the quote that goes with this chapter is, I do everything I think possible or acceptable to escape 
from this trap by Jacques Derrida. Uh, Jacques, for those of you who don't know, uh, was a French philosopher. As I walked through the arrivals gate, I was so excited to be back and didn't feel naive the way I had felt the first time I arrived in Vancouver. There, waiting for me, was Jasmine. As soon as I saw her, I felt as if I had fallen back into a safety net. Now that I was with Jasmine in her home country, I was totally back in my comfort zone. Things could not have worked out better for both of us. Was this destiny pulling us closer? Who knows? But what I do know is that seeing Jasmine again appears to be the beginning of something special. Jasmine gave me a bed to to crash in until I was ready to head back up to the mountain. Leaving her this time was easier because we knew that it would only be a few more weeks before we'd see each other again, as she'd planned to come up to visit me at Big White. When Kieran, a mate from Australia, arrived, it was time to start my next journey. I had organised to rendezvous with Kieran after crossing paths in Germany some months earlier. Just going out of the book quickly, uh, I met, a, I met. he was one of the people I met with in, uh, in Germany when I went to Oktoberfest. Back to the book. Travelling with Kieran meant I didn't have to, be, have to stress about any problems that would come up all on my own, as he would be there to face them and deal with them too. We are now on page 167. The weight of looking out for myself in Europe had started to get a little bit heavy towards the end, so it was great to take the load off for a while. From here on, I didn't have to plan my next checkpoint alone. Also, I didn't have to worry as much about making friends because I thought that having a mate with me would give me a feeling of invincibility. It did help a bit, but my social anxiety was still there, lurking in the background. During my time at the snow, I fell back into the anxious state I'd experienced the first time I was in Canada. I was worried about the relationships with friends and whether people liked me or not. I thought that all of the confidence building I had done in Europe would push these feelings out of my life forever. But it appears as though it had just masked the pain. An injured brain is for life, and the best I could do was learn to live with it. One strategy I used was to take myself out of certain situations that made me anxious. Yet again, photography became my escape. Another escape was my friendship with Jasmine. Over the next couple of months, she came up to the mountain a few times to visit me, and I felt our relationship growing. What had started as a summer fling was turning into something much stronger. At first, I would often call her on the phone to find my escape, but I soon realised that she was doing more than just helping me escape. We were building a friendship, a relationship. That was my feeling until I had a tough reality check. It was December and I was due back in Melbourne in April of the following year for my brother's wedding. I thought it would be a great idea to invite Jasmine to come with me. I checked to make sure this would be alright with my tribe and I immediately got there a tick of approval. So the next time Jasmine came out to Big White, I proposed the invitation and she quickly responded, Um, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Talk about bursting my bubble with a sharp needle. The thing exploded in my face. 
Oh, uh, okay. That's cool, I said. That that wouldn't work, she said. It's Australia. I'm not ready for that. Jasmine liked to plan things well in advance, and at the age of 22, this was not in her plans. She'd never really heard much about Australia, and here was a guy asking her to go there to meet his family. We're now on page 168. I thought that was that until she had a conversation with her mother that gave her an aha moment. Jasmine, you've been hunting for the opportunity to do something with your life. And it's just hit you in the head and you didn't even feel it. You crazy girl. Her mum said to her, it's right there in front of you. Open your eyes. Going out of the book quickly, uh, that was all... That all would have been said in French because they're French Canadian and they don't don't generally speak English when they're alone together. Okay, back to the book. Jasmine was scared of what this trip could lead to. You see, the world works in scary, mysterious ways sometimes. She had never imagined that the lump in her neck would take her on a holiday to Greece, which would ultimately lead her to Australia. And never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that a horrific motorbike accident would lead me to a trip where I would meet this amazing woman. Through talking with her mum, Jasmine came to see that the invitation might take her on the biggest adventure of her life. The next time we met, she said, Yes, Scott, I would love to come to Australia. As Christmas came and went, I was spending more time alone in my own little bubble, which may have seemed antisocial, but it was the only way I could escape. I felt as though the guys in the house didn't like me and I couldn't figure out why. And this set me off on a downward spiral of emotions and anxiety. For some reason, I only felt this anxiety come on in a group situation, not when I was one-to-one with someone. So I was relieved when Kieran and I decided to leave the mountain and go on a road trip. We had bought a car at the start of the winter, and around mid-January, we headed off. Over the next month, we travelled down to Montana in the US and across the country, going in and out of Canada all the way to Montreal on the East Coast. We made it over to New York City, where we had met up with Daniel, our mate from back home. Doing little travel since his stint in Mexico, he was both excited about seeing us and pumped to be back on the road again. By this stage of the road trip, I felt as though I was pushing too many of Kieran's buttons. So, with Daniel on the scene, Kieran could escape for a little bit. We are now on page 169. Look, I cannot differentiate between what was actually happening and the ideas that were building up in my head, but... It didn't take much for my paranoia to kick in. The moment they didn't wait for me while walking on the street, the social anxiety kicked back in. Why aren't they waiting for me? Uh, It's because I walk too slow. Uh, They're probably sick of me by now. They don't like me because I have a brain injury. I was totally aware that those emotions and thoughts were not good for me, but I couldn't stop them. Once they started... I would involuntarily hold on to them. The negative thinking was running on autopilot and I started to sink into my shell again. That is the end of chapter number 23. 
another short chapter this week. Now, once again, uh, this was a there was a fair bit that got cut out of uh, the final edit of of that snow season, and uh, uh, a few things that I like to mention, I like to talk about to to paint a better idea of what that season uh, at the snow was like for me. Uh, so the first thing is that in the book, it I just uh, I kind of described it. It really sounded as though. I didn't have that. I didn't have a fun time at Big White, but it, the reality was that I really did have an amazing time up there. Um, there, it was just the social anxiety feelings did come back, and they were always present with me. But the good thing was that we were in. A, I was in a share house, and the share house had ten people staying in there, so there was always some someone that I could go off and, and, and just quietly chat to or go off and, and, and take photos with or just go off and, and escape everybody else. So that was one thing. Another thing was I remember that we went down to Walmart uh, in the local town that was closest to the mountain, which was still about an, about 40 minutes away. That was called, uh, that was a town called Kelowna. And I, we went down there, and in the Walmart there was a massive because because it was Christmas, there was a massive blow up, uh, a blow up electric uh, electric uh, snowman, and it was about uh, I think twelve foot high, and I thought that would look amazing uh, at our house out the front, and I we tried to buy one, but uh, it was uh, they were sold out of them. And we couldn't get the one on display for some reason. But we found another one uh, up near... It was at the Walmart near the first mountain that I was at the year before. And we ended up going to that mountain um, to, to visit to, to visit it and to visit some people that were up there uh, sometime during that season. So when we were up there, I went and purchased it from, from, from that Walmart. And we blew it up, and that stayed at the front of our house for the whole uh, for the whole season. And I'm I'd, I'd even go as far as to say people still use that um, still use that that big blow up snowman because it was it wasn't just a snowman; it was a full snow family that was blown up, and it was twelve foot high. There was a a little snowman, a mama snowman, and a papa snowman. And it came with its own uh, its own fan that kept it uh, kept it blown up. So that fan you had to plug in. Uh, that was the that was how it was electric. And I think it was uh, pretty sure that it it was uh, it came um, lit up as well. So with the with the fan there were the there were lights and the whole things uh, the whole thing was just all through the day all through the night all through the season was was blown up and was uh was was lit up and then after the season uh you just leave sort of everything in uh in the cupboard that you might have bought uh that season you leave it for the next person that goes and stays in that house the following year uh, we found a few things that other people had left for us uh and then you know then then obviously we left things for other people uh, that were coming back the following year. So that's a little story that stands out for me about that season. Another another story uh, is that I, I helped out with the adaptive group at, at Big White as well, which was great as well again. 
And then in January, after Australia Day, so I think on the 27th of January, uh, we left uh, We left on our road trip, and then we went, we went south. So uh, south, we were in BC, which is, the, which is a province in Canada, which is on, on the west coast, and we went to, uh, basically directly south, which was um, into, into the United States, and went through Montana and went to a, a mountain in Montana called Big Sky. Big Sky... Now is I think the third biggest, the third biggest um, biggest ski resort in 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 North America. So that was cool. That was awesome to go down to the United States and ski as well. And then we left, and then we left Big Big Sky and travelled across country to uh, to Montreal, which is back up on the east coast in Canada. Now we spent we spent days and days and debt and days just simply driving through the middle heart of America and some of the little towns that we went to were just so far off the grid of mainstream travel uh, it's just not funny so that was pretty cool to be able to experience that and heading west we ended up stopping in America we stopped uh, in Chicago for a few days and then after Chicago we went back up to Canada and we went to uh, Niagara Falls and had a look around there and Niagara Falls was completely frozen over and that was that was one of the coldest days I've ever experienced when we went there and I remember seeing the biggest waterfall on earth uh, basically completely frozen over uh, so that was, that was pretty cool. And then from there we went, we, we didn't stop in Toronto because we were going back there. So we drove around, uh, around and went up to Montreal and Montreal was the furthest east that we went in Canada. And when we arrived in Montreal, I, I had arranged with Jasmine to, because that's where Jasmine was from, but she she was not actually there. I'd arranged with Jasmine to stay at her sister's house, so I stayed at uh, Kieran and I. We stayed at her sister's house, and I ended up meeting all meeting some of her friends, and I ended up going off uh, one day shopping with her mum. So. It was really, really odd because she, I had only just met Jasmine and I was now like, I was now shopping with her mum without her. So that was a good experience. And also we went over to Montreal while we were over there. We went to a music festival called Big Sky, uh, Big Sky uh, called uh, Igloo Fest. Now Igloo Fest is a, is a dance party out in the open while it is snowing and what under snow so you go there uh, like that year uh, um, could could even be every year uh, but that was the only year I've ever been uh, the theme was to uh, to 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 go in your snow gear like so go we went in our snow boots and other people went in their snow with their with their with their snow ski boots and all of the stuff that they would wear on the mountain. So we went there with Jasmine's sister and her, f- some of her friends. But 
without Jasmine. And for a couple of nights, we actually went and stayed with Jasmine's friends and her families. Oh, sorry, and their families, which again was really, really odd because I'd only just met Jasmine, and and I, you know, I hadn't in total. I had only spent probably like maybe about three weeks in in total with this with this girl and now I was meeting her family meeting her friends meeting meeting her sisters and sister and it was starting to become um I was starting to become very comfortable in her life if if that makes any sense uh, and then after Montreal, we went down to the U.S. Uh, went down to to uh, to New York, and that was when I met up, met back up with the boys that I had met in uh, in Budapest, who lived in Brooklyn. So we stayed in Brooklyn, uh, not with them. We stayed at a hostel, but I'd met up with them. Um, Kieran and I met up with them uh, one night uh, to say good day, and then we we travelled with Daniel. Uh, from New York, we travelled up to Toronto, and we stayed there for uh, a few more days, and then we headed back east to uh, to to Alberta, which is uh, I think we're going to be talking about that in the next chapter. Uh, yeah, so that's that's a that's a few stories that I had from that season. There's loads and loads more of little mini stories that I could that I could share with you. But I don't think that uh, there's. I would, I would just be really just be spitballing at you, and I don't think that you get much value out of it. Okay, I'll just read the first paragraph of the next chapter before we call it quits. One of our last stops on our road trip before returning to before we, one of our la, one of our last stops on our road trip before we returned to Vancouver was Banff. The forty-hour drive, the forty-hour, the forty-hour drive was long, but we made it with a pit stop or two, or ten, along the way. Okay, that just about does it for me this week. Thanks again for the messages you've been sending me in. I got one this week from uh, from. A guy that I used to work at, well, sorry, not a guy, a friend that I used to work at McDonald's with and I went to high school with him, Ev. Shout out to Ev if you're listening, mate. Uh, thanks for the message, mate. It uh, really, really is very heartwarming when somebody hears your story for the first time. And then when they, when they tell you, you know, when they tell you that they've been listening to your podcast and they've been absolutely pissing themselves and it's been great to hear my story from from the horse's mouth that just really really warms my heart so thanks thanks for that ev the presentations that i've been doing recently they're amazing uh, i did a presentation yesterday uh, in ballarat i presented for about five hours i spent uh spent a, a, a full day up there with Woodman's Hill Secondary College. So shout out to all you good looking folk up at Woodman's Hill Secondary College. And last week I spoke at Buckley Park College in Essendon down here in Melbourne. And that was that was that was a really good presentation. I had I had three people speak to me after the presentation about 
things that they're finding difficult in their life and how much my presentation has sort of resonated with them and they the, and the things that I've said they are going to take on board and try and improve their life and 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 it's really great to get that feedback and I'm really really so grateful that I that I that I get to impact people's lives like that it really warms my heart okay that's it from me until next week Do something kind for somebody else. Make this world a better place because if you don't make it a better place, you're going to leave it up to me. And I'm only one person. I'm not really that big. I'm, 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 I'm just one of the little guys. So the more people that I can, I can get to, to, to make this world a better place, the better off we will be. So make sense? Hope it does. Until next week, you do you and I'll do me. Nothing more from me. I don't think I've got nothing more. Okay, that's it. I'm out. See ya. Thanks for tuning into the Crashing the Potential podcast. I really appreciate your support. You guys are the reason that I do this. So if you haven't already, hit me up at the injured brain wherever you get your social media fix and don't forget to rate review and share this podcast far and wide so that you can help me spread my message see you in the next episode